Hello and welcome to the Change Your Latitude podcast. I'm your host, Pascal, business coach for location independence. I've always felt a bit different and being on a set path never really worked for me, so I started creating my own. Five years ago, I decided to quit my career in the advertising industry to start a business and travel. Now I help freedom seekers build a location-free business and set up their nomadic lifestyle in a way that makes them feel alive. In this podcast, we talk all about letting go of conventions, starting your own business and traveling with it. You'll also get to meet fascinating people that chose to live differently. There's more than just one way to live. Let's change your latitude. Hello and welcome back to the Change Your Latitude podcast. I hope you guys are doing well and you're in for a treat because today I am talking to Amy Scott from Nomadtopia. She's been location independent for 15 years now, so she has a lot to share and I was really excited to talk to her and I know that you're going to get so much out of it. So without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special guest with me today. I'm super excited for you to know her. Her name is Amy. She's the founder of Nomadtopia and also the host of Nomadtopia Radio, which is all about location independence. So welcome, Amy, to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. So let's first start by uh, knowing a bit more about you, about what you do, and also the story behind it. So I'll give you the very short version first. I have been location independent since 2004, and I have been uh, most of the time since then working for myself as a book editor. And uh, also, as you said, I have uh, Nomadtopia. I can't even say the word myself. Um, (laughs) That is a place for coaching and resources. I have an online community and then the podcast um, all about helping people uh, create their own version of location independence. Amazing. So I would love to know, because you've been doing it for 15 years now, um, how have you been able to sustain the lifestyle? Yeah, I think the most important thing that's really made it work for me all all these years is just being flexible and open to changing uh, my lifestyle over time as that seemed necessary and appropriate. You know, I've gone through periods of traveling full time. I've gone through periods of living in one place, like even for years at a time. Um, I've done it by myself. And then I met my husband. Um, Now we have infant twins. And so, yeah, it's taken lots of different turns along the way. And I think, you know, not being really rigidly attached to like what it was supposed to look like has allowed me to just go with the flow and, you know, shift things as needed. Yeah, exactly. And like we were chatting a bit earlier before we recorded, um, I think it's really about like finding your own own way of making it work for you and not necessarily being attached to what it looks like. And I think that a lot of people just see digital nomads as a specific kind of image um, where like listening to your story and knowing about the fact that you started as a single woman and then as a couple and then as a family and moving all around. Around, uh, you can see that there are a lot of different ways of, of living this lifestyle. And it also comes back to your podcast where you always ask the question, what does your nomadtopia looks like right now? Because it can change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that about, uh, about what you're saying here. 
Yeah. And that's exactly why I started the podcast. I wanted to be able to highlight, you know, not just my story because the way I'm doing it is just one of, you know, infinite ways of doing it. And so the podcast is a way to really highlight all of the different ways that people are using location independence and creating, you know, the lifestyle that works for them. And, you know, I think that's partly why I've always been more focused on kind of at the core, like the main concept for me is location independence and Mm -hmm. not necessarily being nomadic, even though, you know, I love the word and the concept and the, the feeling of nomad. It's also sometimes I think it's easy to get too attached to that needing to mean that you're constantly moving around. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us find, especially over the long term, that you know, that's not necessarily what we want to be doing or what works best for us. And so, you know, I think not being too attached to this idea, but like, oh no, but if I stay in one place, I'm not a nomad, like who cares? Right. (laughs) And so instead just, you know, like, okay, well I have my location independence and I'm, uh, which gives me the flexibility to, to make the choices that work for me right now. Absolutely. It's really all about freedom. And that's what I tell my clients often. It's like, I'm going to talk to you about how I do it and how that looks like for me. But if you follow exactly what I'm doing here, you might be super miserable. You know, you have to find your own way of making it work for you. So maybe someone's not really made for traveling full time and moving every couple of months. I know that's not necessarily my way of doing it. Um, You can have a home base, you can just travel all the time, you can be somewhere for a few years. It's really all about just having this ability or this flexibility that allows you to travel whenever you want. And it doesn't have to look one way. I know that, you know, we, we were talking a bit earlier about your own story where you shared a bit like what exactly happened over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could see all the different ways that you've been living it. So for our listeners, actually, that don't know about this story, can you can you share a bit more about it? Sure. So, yeah, when I first started out um, in 2004, I actually... Um, spent the first year basically living off of savings. I quit my job to take a round the world trip. And so that was definitely one of those periods where I was, you know, in full travel mode and, um, moving around a lot and just trying to, you know, see everything and do everything Mm. and explore the world. And, uh, then I went back to the U S to start my freelancing business in 2005. And, you know, people take all different approaches. Some people start working while they're already on the road. Um, I, well, I did move around a little bit, but I basically, you know, I quote unquote went home to build my business. I wanted to get to a point partly to, you know, kind of recover my savings and And also um, just to get to a point where I felt pretty confident in the stability of my income Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, okay, yeah, this is working. I can live off of this. Uh, And then in 2007, I decided to move to Buenos Aires, Argentina, just because I had been there before and I liked it. Um, I thought I'd go maybe six months, a year, and I ended up falling in love with the city and after about two years, started to think, well, maybe it's time to go somewhere else. And then I went salsa dancing and met my husband. (laughs) (laughs) And um, long story short, I decided to stick around and see how that was going to turn out. And um, we ended up getting married in 2012. And then he quit his job and we started traveling um, 
Yeah, we went through periods of, you know, traveling more or less full time, but we still had a home base in Buenos Aires. So we were kind of going back and forth. Like we would Mm -hmm. leave for up to six months and then go back for a while. I think then we left for a year and then we went back for a while. And um, we first landed in Mexico in, I think it was 2014, and really enjoyed our time here. And so then we started kind of bouncing back and forth between other places in Mexico. And we've been in Mexico city now for about two years. And, um, we had, yeah, our babies were born here last Mm. year. So here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Nice story. And that makes me think about, you know, um, your partner, coming along with this, uh, with your journey as a location independent. I know for me, I, I, there's a lot of people that ask me about that because my husband is also with me in the business and we're location independents. But the thing is, we've always been like on the same wavelength and we've always had that dream of being location independent. So I, I didn't have to convince him, let's say. So I know a lot of people are wondering, how am I going to convince my partner to come along with me on this journey? So I would love to know more about what happened exactly for you. Yeah, I was lucky that I didn't really have to convince him either. I was, you know, already living this way and working for myself when I met him. And he was like, so what are you doing in Argentina? And um, he had you know, was working like full time in an office. And I think he was one of those people who always kind of thought like, there's gotta be another way, right? Like, is this Mm. really the rest of my life? But he'd never met anybody who was doing anything different. And then I come along and say like, yeah, I moved here, you know, because I can, and I wanted to. And he was like, that's amazing. How do I do that? And Mm. like the day we met, he was, you know, very interested and like, yeah, I could totally make that happen. And so, you know, over the next few years when we were, you know, dating and engaged and we talked a lot about like, okay, what could he do for work that would allow him to also be location independent? Um, And then I think I mentioned he ended up quitting his job shortly after we got married. And so I think in our case, you know, having my example. And again, yeah, not as like, this is the only way to do it, but to say, yeah, it's, you know, I'm making it work and this is what I'm up to. And I've also heard from people who've listened to my podcast that, um, they have used stories from my podcast to help convince their partner. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing is, you know, just kind of showing somebody what's available and what the opportunities are and what's possible. And it just kind of gets the wheels turning. And, um, you know, so I think just starting to incorporate those kinds of stories or get them to listen to the podcast or, you know, to Mm -hmm. whatever, to start to, you know, get, just get exposed to the ideas. And then, um, yeah, I think I find a lot of people start to come around when they're like, Oh, well, that's interesting. I never Mm -hmm. thought about doing it that way or, you know, whatever it might be that, you know, just hadn't occurred to them before. Exactly. And I think like going back to exactly what you said about it's, it's all about exposing you to those references and to see that it's possible in many different ways and that it doesn't have to look one specific way. You can make it your own. It can look where you want it to be, but it's really based on, well, for me, it is, it's based on my top value as, as freedom and freedom of location and also growth and curiosity, um, But I'm wondering, like, what motivated you to first become location independent? Is there is it also about freedom for you or what is it about for you? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it 
the very first thing was really focused on the round the world trip. And that came about kind of just recognizing that, you know, two weeks vacation, which most people in the U S get, um, is just not enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And thinking it was actually funny. I had a conversation with some of my cousins one weekend and they were, they had done quite a bit of traveling and, um, they were kind of like, well, Amy, you like to travel. Like, don't you want to do more? You know, like, don't you want to, you know, whatever, do something more with that. And they didn't give me any specific ideas. I have no idea where the round the world trip idea came from. Um, they never said that as far as I recall. And, but I, by the time I got home, um, a couple of days later, I said to my boyfriend at the time, like, okay, here's the plan. Mm-hmm. I think we should quit our jobs and take this trip. So anyway, I was just really focused on, kind of taking a break to see the world. And that was, you know, kind of just looking for that, um, extended trip, you know, and being able to see more of the world kind of in one fell swoop. And after that I had, well, my last job that I had before that was working at a travel guidebook publisher. So needless to say, I was surrounded mm. by people who yeah. love to travel. <laughs> I was not the first person to quit my job to travel. And we had freelancers, you know, copy editors, proofreaders that we hired who lived all over the place. Most of them were in the U.S., but I remember there was also another former employee who had moved to Costa Rica and was still freelancing for us. So I, even though I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do that when I was working there. I knew that it was possible, Mm -hmm. right? So again, talking about like having those possibilities open up to you. So when I was coming back from my round the world trip and I was like, well, I definitely don't want to go back to an office. What else can I do? Mm -hmm. It was just kind of obvious. Like, okay, well, I have these, you know, editing skills. I know someone who lives in another country and does it. I'm going to do that. And so yeah. it was, you know, it was kind of a, an easy segue for me to switch to that. And yeah, again, at that point, I think it was just wanting to continue the adventure, wanting to be able to go anywhere I wanted. And because my round the world trip was so, um, fast, you know, like I don't mm. think I spent more than like three nights in most places. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And so I, one thing I, I came home from that trip feeling was that I really wanted to go back and have a more kind of immersive experience in another country and get to know the local culture. And, you know, I didn't study abroad in college and I felt like, oh, this is like that. That's something I really want to experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was a big part of my motivation is like, OK, if I'm location independent, I can have that experience and basically create it myself instead of having to like, you know, apply for jobs in other countries or whatever. And yeah, I mean, that's basically what was the driving force then. And I think since then, all these years working for myself, it's, yeah, it's been that flexibility of time, of location, um, and just, yeah, being able to call the shots. Yeah. You, when you do it, you kind of don't want to go back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And I think for me too, it came from a desire to travel and same, same kind of feeling that you're like, I cannot believe that I'm just going to be able to travel two weeks 
out of a year. It makes no sense when you love travel that much and that you want to see more of the world and, and just immerse yourself in new cultures and that you're like, oh, I only have two weeks and maybe these two weeks this year is about like moving my apartment or whatever. So it's like, okay, well, how can I make it so I can do more of that? Yeah. And to look at what skills you have that could be done elsewhere. And same thing for me, I guess, uh, just hearing you say that, it, it made me think about, I was working in advertising in an agency and I was talking to someone who was freelancing uh, at the agency six months out of the year and the other six months she would be in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I, I just realized, hmm, <laughs> maybe I could do that too. And uh, that's how about all it started like that. Yeah. And I mean, when you kind of create your, your lifestyle around that and you make it sustainable, then you don't want to go back for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I also, so like I said, I had that, you know, woman in Costa Rica as kind of a reference point, but then also on my round the world trip. And this is the other thing that's great about travel is that I met a ton of other travelers mm -hmm. on that trip who we're doing all kinds of crazy things. Like I met this American guy who had been teaching English in Asia for like, I think he hadn't been back to the U S in like 10 years or something crazy. Like he just landed in Asia and loved it and like never wanted to go home. Mm. And then I met a woman from England who I met, I remember I met her in the middle of winter on a boat in Thailand. And I was like, what are you doing here? And she said, well, a few years ago, I decided I was never spending another winter in London. Well, and I set <laughs> things up so I don't have to. And I was like, well, there you go. You know? So it was like those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, again, all those different examples started to just plant these seeds of like, okay, I could do this or I could do that. And you know, yeah, like, like you said, you know, what skills do I have and what's interesting to me and how do I just kind of piece this all together and create the life that I want? Mm -hmm. One step at a time and you try things, sometimes it doesn't work out and you try something else. But when it's clear for you that you want to make it so that you you have this freedom to move whenever you want to, then it's just a matter of figuring out how to make it work. And, and you can absolutely can. And like you said, the more you travel and the more you meet people that are doing the same, the more you see like people are doing crazy things yeah. in this world. And it's just fascinating. And I know that you've been traveling a lot. You've been meeting a lot of people while traveling. Um, I was curious to know if there was a few lessons from travel that you wanted to share with us. Mm, let's see. Oh, I'm sure there are. Let me think. Well, so I many. Mean, yeah, I think, you know, some of it is um, kind of an extension of what we've been talking about. I mean, being flexible applies mm -hmm. not just, you know, to like the big picture of your life, but also the day to day <laughs> mm -hmm. and just being adaptable, being open to new experiences and new cultures and new ways of, of doing things. And, um, and also I think there's this really, it, it's, it can be tricky, but there's like this really fine line between, um, like being smart and being cautious mm -hmm. and also just trusting your gut and going, yeah. you know, and trusting your intuition. And like, I've had experiences that, you know, 
on paper probably sounded like that's super sketchy. Like, don't do that. (laughs) But I just trusted my gut. Like, no, I think this is a good person. Like, I think this is going to be fine. Um, Like this, I met this guy in India at a hotel who invited me for drinks while I was waiting for my friends to show up. And I literally was waiting for friends. That wasn't, you know, a story Mm -hmm. I was telling him. But um, yeah, you think like, eh. No, don't do that, you know, but it ended up being an amazing connection. And actually for the next week or two that my friends and I were in that town, um, he and his other friends, like they invited us to parties. He took me to see the factory that he ran, like just, you know, took me to the post office to ship a package back home. Just, you know, we had a really unique and interesting experience just because I was like, yep, I think this is a good person, you know, Mm -hmm. and at the same time, I think I've, um, well, I'm sure there's some luck to it also, but you know, in fact, I'm going to knock on wood. I, you know, I've never had anything stolen. Mm. You know, I've never been like in a, you know, um, victim of a crime or any, you know, dangerous situation in all of these years traveling by myself and, um, with other people. And yeah. So, you know, not to say that, um, that the way I'm doing it has guaranteed that that is the way things have gone. I know that that's partly luck, but yeah, it's just, you know, like not doing anything stupid, but also like, don't totally close yourself off mm-hmm, from, mm-hmm. you know, from opportunities to do interesting things. Um, and then also, Oh, I was thinking about something else. Oh, I know in terms of, you know, I've also done this a lot of different ways in terms of like basically being a backpacker to like trying to, you know, do coaching calls and launch a program while I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. Right. So that also makes a big difference. And I think that, you know, it's, maybe it's improving in some ways, but I have definitely been in experiences where people are like, uh, so you're a nomad and I'm like, you're actually going to be reliable, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, how do I know you're going to show up? How do I know you're going to get the job done? And, you know, I think it's really, really important to put systems in place. So you are able to follow through on your commitments, you know, to clients and to your work and, you know, like having backup ways to get online. And there are a lot of things that I've done over the years. Like I, you know, I never schedule deadlines or calls like within the first few days of arriving somewhere Mm -hmm. new. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just never know, right? Mm -hmm. Like you might get there and realize the internet is crap or, um, you know, or your flight's delayed or you, you know, something's wrong with your accommodations, like all kinds of things can happen and putting things in place that help you maintain that kind of, you know, professionalism and reliability and, and commitment to clients, I think is really huge. Well, in terms of talking about sustainability, Mm -hmm. you know, that's definitely part of it too. I actually remember interviewing someone on my podcast who was like, Oh sweet. I have, you know, I'm like a personal trainer. I could just have my clients on Skype. I'm going to Asia. And he like took, he was, I think he was from Canada. He took off to Southeast Asia for six months and like, hadn't really thought about the time. Hadn't really thought about like, oh, if I'm moving around every three to five days, like how am I going to be able to, you know, maintain this coaching schedule? And like, yeah, he said basically he lost all of his income, you know, within the first, Mm -hmm. I don't know how long because he, he totally dropped the ball. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously we want to be able to, you know, be spontaneous and have fun, but 
if you're relying on, you know, these income streams to support your lifestyle and support your travels, then you have to take that part seriously too. You absolutely have. And I think that's so interesting what you're mentioning and everything that you've said. It's like you're always dancing between two opposites, like being very spontaneous and intuitive or being super safe and also that freedom, but that structure. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to have systems in place and structure. And sometimes it, it sounds weird to people because they think, oh, um, you know, you're a free spirit or you're doing it to be able to travel all the time. And uh, But I think it's so, so crucial to have those systems in place and the structure to be able to be free. Otherwise, you're always playing catch up to, you know, you're always late for whatever you're doing for your work or you know, you end up paying more for your Airbnb or your flights right. or, you know, you have to plan in advance, but still be super flexible and, and land quickly on your feet if ever something happens. And it will. Yeah. <laughs> There's always something unexpected that happens. And you kind of like it goes back to that flexibility that you were talking about and being able to, you know, land on your feet and just be quick with that and just be not attached to the outcome of what it looks like and but still having that that structure in place that that helps you and makes makes it easier on you and makes it simpler on you as well yeah exactly mm. I think a lot of people also, you know, they wonder a lot about visas and Wi-Fi and taxes and productivity on the road, which I think is quite not obvious, but I mean, I, I get it. Absolutely. But I would love to know uh, what do you think are some of the maybe less obvious things that people should also think about? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, let's see. One thing I think is really giving some thought to not only as we talked about kind of how much you want to move around, but also like what kind of environment you want to be in. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, well, first of all, there's, you know, this total cliche image of like laptop on the beach. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not a huge beach person. And as others have also said, you know, working on the la on your laptop on the beach is actually a huge pain. <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> exactly. It's like the glare and the sand. Yeah. It's like, no, it's terrible. But anyway, so yeah, it's like, okay, do you really want to spend, you know, all your time at the beach or maybe you like cities more, or maybe you want to be out in the mountains or, you know, do you want to be in small towns? Do you want to be in a place you speak the language? Do you want to learn a new language? Like all of those pieces can really affect your experience and also affect how much you're going to enjoy yourself and mm -hmm. you know it's how long how much it's going to work for you over the long term so i th think that's something to think about is just to really drill down into what you want this experience to look like and why you're doing it and um also a lot of people uh don't have much information or haven't made a decision about insurance mm -hmm. and i think this is something that um well, one, it, it obviously matters where you're from and kind of what the options are available to you from back home. But also, it's something that I think, well, actually, this is something to look at in general, right, is like your sense of uh, like, what's your risk tolerance? Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, I've met people who have zero insurance and are perfectly fine just paying for things out of pocket and they just don't worry about it too much. And then I know people who have like full on a hundred percent coverage 
you know, for anywhere in the world or maybe just for certain countries or they have like just kind of um, emergency travel insurance. You know, there's a lot of different ways to handle that. And I think it's important to think about what is important to you in terms of mm-hmm. coverage and costs and also the kinds of locations you're going to. Obviously, if you're spending a lot of time in uh, locations with really low cost of living, you know, a lot of people find that the, you know, the cost of paying for things out of pocket is really minimal, mm-hmm. but obviously you never know when something's going to happen. I know several people um, actually, mostly, I think they're not nomads, just people who happen to be on trips abroad, um, who were like in really serious, you know, vehicle accidents or whatever, and have to be like airlifted home. Mm-hmm. Like, things like that happen. Um, very unlikely, but you know, again, it's thinking about, okay, how open are you to having to deal with that kind of thing out of pocket? Or do you really feel like you're the kind of person who is, um, yeah, feels more comfortable knowing that you have that kind of coverage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something super important to, to think about. And I think sometimes it's like people focus on the obvious, which is visas and taxes and Wi-Fi and all of that. But to make sure that you choose somewhere that you really feel good about and that you really want to be in and also making sure that, you know, you're you were talking about your risk tolerance and all of that. Uh, this is super important as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would love to know where you see this movement going maybe in the next five or 10 years. Well, that's a good question. You know, it's funny because when I started, it wasn't even a movement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, what's happening now? Um, (laughs) One thing that I'm seeing a lot of people talking about, you know, on my podcast and elsewhere is community and how I think a lot of us, you know, we're very independent people. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us head off with like, ah, who needs them? You know, like we're perfectly happy being on our own and we want to do things our way. And then after a short or a long period of time, we start to realize like, well, actually I'm kind of tired of constantly having to meet new people. And I'm tired Mm -hmm. of not having, you know, that sense of community and, and whatever it might be. And so I'm, I mean, it's already happening in some ways. And I think that's, it's just going to continue to grow is that, you know, there's online communities like mine, and then there's, um, physical in-person communities that are popping up either around conferences or around, you know, specific locations. I just heard about somebody, I mentioned this another time recently, and unfortunately I can't remember the name of it, Um, but they're starting like a, um, well, there's some of the like kind of co-living, you know, like you Mm -hmm. can have a membership and go to different locations. This person I know is starting a, um, like a community of container houses, you know, maybe with shipping containers mm, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. can, you can live there full time or you can rent it out when you're gone. And, you know, basically I think there is a lot of opportunity and, um, kind of, uh, yeah, kind of a moving towards this kind of this balance of the flexibility and the freedom of movement and the freedom of location and at the same time, building in the capability to, you know, to have community and to develop relationships and, and, um, yeah. So whether it's in person or online, I think that's something that it's funny. Cause I think these are two, 
two kind of competing desires Mm -hmm. that, you know, a lot of us are starting to try to meld. Right. Because yeah, I have been, you know, really happy moving around and meeting new people and, you know, not really having a solid sense of community. And then it's funny. I have since I knew I was going to be in Mexico for a while and I was having twins, I was like, Oh my God, I think I better meet some moms. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and that's actually worked really well for me. I have, you know, some really nice friends I've made here and it's actually even starting to factor in to my thinking about what's next for us, you know, cause we were already like, okay, great. Where are we going next? And then I'm like, Oh my God, wait mm-hmm. a minute. Like I have these friends here now and like, especially, you know, people who get where I'm at with the whole new mom thing, mm-hmm. like, well, am I, do I really want to start over again? And it, it, so I think it's, it's a constant, kind of battle between those two, not for everybody. There's certainly people who, you know, who I think don't feel that or they feel it in different ways, but yeah, it's especially now at this point in my life, I'm like, wait a minute. So, but on the other hand, you know, I was saying like, well, it's not like we expect to be in Mexico city in this neighborhood for the next 20 years Mm -hmm. or even 10 years. So at some point there will be starting over to be done, you know? And like, is it easier to do it now or later? (laughs) Yeah. You know? And then I think about too, like my parents were not nomadic, you know, they had Mm -hmm. very traditional lives in many ways, but we moved several times when I was growing up, you know, just based on my dad's work and stuff. And so there's always ways of, you know, there's, lots of different ways that one has to start over at different times in your life. And, um, yeah. So it's like in the one hand, if you don't meet people, it's easier to just pick up and move on to the next place. Yeah. But at <laughs> but the then, same time, you kind yeah. of crave it at some point. Exactly. Kind of have like to ground yourself in some way. Yeah. Um, I think when you're location independent and you're just moving from place to place or, um, yeah, I, I feel the same. I think community is extremely important, uh, whether you're like, I'm super introverted, but at some point it's like, okay, well, <laughs> that would be nice to have this, some kind of community here yeah. and just feel a bit more grounded. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the last question I always have for my guests is that, you know, the name of this podcast is Change Your Latitude because it's really about a community that's about growth and movement, whether it's through thra- travel or self-development. So I would love to know how you are going to change your latitude this year. So if you have any travel plans or something you're working on to grow for personal growth. Yeah, that's a great question. I love that. Um, Well, you know, what's coming up that is really interesting is that um, we are taking the babies on their first international trip next month. Mm -hmm. And... um, it's fascinating how something that I've done a million times feels like I've never done it before. Yeah, <laughs> because kind of you. There's, yeah, like bringing babies and I mean, even booking the plane tickets, you know, like I've booked a million flights in my life and now I'm like, wait a minute, how do we, how do we get, like, do we get seats for the babies? Do we get this like crib bassinet thing? Like we have no idea what we're doing, right? So it's kind of neat to do the same thing I've always done and yet, have it feel very different. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And obviously there's a lot of challenges that come with that, but we're excited about it. Um, and this after two years of 
telling anyone and everyone that I was never going to drive in Mexico City. I am renting a car this weekend oh. to test it out. <laughs> I love that. Like facing your fears. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So where are you traveling with the twins? Uh, we're going to Argentina okay. to meet my husband's family. Mm, nice. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I actually, I haven't been back. Um, I've lost track, honestly. It's been at least three or four years since okay. I've been back. So, um, well, it's yeah, gonna be, so it'll be really it's gonna nice. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And for the listeners that are here, um, where can we find you or how can we work with you? So these days, uh, the best place to find me is at nomadtopia.com or uh, my editing website is nomadeditorial.com. And from there, of course, I have links to all my um, social media and I'm not super active anywhere right now, just to be honest. <laughs> I'm working on that. But yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, all the usual places. And um, right now, really, the best way to work with me also is, at least on the Nomadtopia side, is joining my community, the Nomadtopia Collective, where you know I'm really involved and active in supporting people who are creating and living their own version of Nomadtopia there within our community. Amazing. So I'm going to leave all your links in the show notes of the, this podcast if you guys want to go and stalk Amy. Um, thank you so much for being here today. It was really fun to talk to you. Yeah, it was great. Thanks. Thank you so much, guys, for listening into this episode. I hope it was helpful for you to just see how this can look different from person to person and how you can actually make it your own. I know that Amy shared such valuable advice here, and I would love to know what was your biggest takeaway from this episode. And if you have any questions for Amy or for me, let us know because we would love to answer any questions you have. If you enjoyed this episode, screenshot and share it on Instagram, tag us both, and we will reshare it for sure. So thanks again for listening in and I'll see you next week.